Hi everyone, this is the Amadaman Games Podcast. This is being recorded on January 31st. I wanted to start a gaming podcast for a while and I thought, hey, why not just go for it? So this will be the first podcast of my weekly gaming podcast show. And I want to start off just kind of talking about myself in terms of my gaming experience. Uh, I also have a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Amandaman, A-M-A-A-N-T-H-E-M-A-N. That's A-M-A-A-N-T-H-E-M-A-N. Uh, I do stream there quite quite regularly. And I stream from everything from when it comes to RPGs to action games, whatever it may be, horror stuff. So if you get a chance, please check that out. Uh, my experience when it comes to gaming came from, especially when I was a little kid, I, I used to play game, uh, SNES games, NES stuff, uh, a lot of a lot of PS2. That's kind of when my, my big gaming break came, I, I should say. That's kind of when I had the console all to myself and, and kind of explored all the different games that were out there. Uh, before that, of course, the, the most of the Nintendo systems were more like family consoles. I had that uh, with, along with my sister. We would kind of, kind of share that console. But yeah, my PS2 was definitely my the, my console. I remember that was kind of the console that I I used to properly get into gaming. Uh, my favorite games include, at least from that time, uh, things like Tony Hawk, God of War. Uh, uh, there was a game called Total Overdose that I really enjoyed as well. Max Payne, uh, a bunch of stuff, and of course I I played through most of the stuff when it came when it came to Xbox 360, the PS3 era, uh, and of course playing through my, my PC stuff, PS4, Xbox, Switch, everything like that now. So I'm definitely more fortunate now. Uh, I'm able to kind of explore all these different games. So I wanted to kind of make a podcast because I wanted to just go over, you know, some of the things that are happening in, in the gaming industry, the gaming world, uh, all these thoughts that kind of come to my brain. And I, I thought, hey, why not just kind of put it out there, put it out in podcast form. Uh, at the moment, it's just me doing this podcast, but I definitely have a few guests, a few people lined up that I would I would definitely get in. And who knows? At some point, I might actually get uh, a permanent second host to this to this podcast. So we're just gonna slowly we're gonna warm up to this. Uh, this is my first podcast, so you will notice me making a lot of mistakes, as you just kind of saw. I might stutter here and there, uh, and I just want to get feedback. I want to get ideas and, and and things that I can do to improve this podcast. You know, nothing's gonna be perfect in the first go, but I didn't I didn't think that was a good reason for me to just not even try this out. So. I'm gonna start talking about myself. Start talking about anything else. Uh, I'll obviously talk about more of, of about me and my gaming experience over time. Uh, I think at this point, I just want to kind of go straight in. Uh, and of course, if you got if you want to know more about me, please follow me at Amazamon Games at Instagram and on Twitter. I don't have the Twitter up just yet at this point, but I will have it by the time this podcast launches. So please follow me there, uh, and of course, like give me any feedback, anything like that, because that goes a long way. So it, we're going to go over any gaming news that happened this past week. So that's gonna, how we're going to start off this podcast. Uh, so I want to go through everything that happened the last week. So again, if there was anything that released uh, on, on today on January 31st, uh, I most likely I missed it. But we'll definitely cover it next, uh, next week. And uh, over time, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely open it up to questions or anything, anything else anyone wants to ask, stuff like that. So enough about that. Okay, we're going get, to get straight into this. So the first thing that I want to kind of go over was... Uh, game streaming in Stadia's future. So I know there's been a lot that's been kind of going around in terms of Stadia and its future, uh, how Google has been kind of basically avoiding uh, their customers. So when Stadia launched, it, it was kind of rough. Um, it wasn't working at everyone's expectation. Things weren't running at 4K 60fps. It did not seem like the games were running on a t- 10 teraflop machine, like the way that it was advertised. And more than that, people were obviously upset that, hey, first we need to pay for the pro subscription. At the same time, we also need to pay full price for the game. So we, we can definitely delve into that at, at another time. That's, I have other opinions when it comes to them charging us full price for a game um, after asking for a subscription, especially when you don't actually own the game. Technically, it's still just on, on your streaming it. Uh, but that, that's for another, another episode. So I want to go over an article that came out at, on, on GameIndustry.biz by James Bachelor at GameIndustry.biz. Um, so they kind of stated, I'm just gonna kind of read out what, what's there in the article. Uh, a Google spokesperson told GameIndustry.biz that the Stadia team has in fact been providing weekly updates on the Stadia community forum, as well as monthly recaps on the Google key, uh, keyword blog. They also address expectations surrounding the 120 title. So basically they've been avoiding the customers for quite a bit. People haven't heard about any new games coming out. People were kind of, visit, people were quite upset, especially on the Reddit Reddit threads. 
they were quite upset that you know they invested in this in the technology they believed in google when no one else did and here they are not releasing any new games not talking about any exclusives it's basically the same games that you can get on on your ps4 xbox pc switch but just kind of put on on the streaming service uh but nothing you know nothing too new about it or not they're not they're not giving you those features that they said that it would have on day one so people obviously have said but they said hey you know what at least we'll get some good games and it, it seems like there's just not a lot of games coming out they have a few updates uh, and from what I've seen, it seems like there's literally just updates based on the games that are already out. So it's not updates in terms of like, hey, this new game is going to be coming out on Feb. This new game is going to be coming out on March. And Google did state that it's also de dependent on the game publishers that they, 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 they can't really announce stuff or, or talk about certain things until those publishers have kind of brought it up, uh, which is understandable. But still, you know, it is, it is upsetting that a lot of customers have kind of put in their hard-earned cash to adopt this this new technology but you know they're not getting they're not getting anything back from it especially from something like google where you, you would expect this would be running uh, flawlessly and when you when you compare this to um, xbox and xcloud um, it's currently still in beta xcloud i have not been able to get a chance uh, i have an iphone and uh, i live in canada i know they just launched it in canada on android devices but i will be checking it out whenever it comes on, on, on the iPhone, on the iOS stuff. Um, and uh, Project X Cloud has been doing considerably well considering that it's a beta and it also has a whole library of games already there. At the same time, in terms of how Microsoft is approaching it, they are giving you the X entire Xbox Game Pass library when it comes to X Cloud, And that's amazing. I have Xbox Game Pass. I love it. I honestly don't see or feel the need to buy any new xbox games um maybe there's some, a few 30 part, third party games uh because i have an xbox one x and they do look better on my xbox one x but there's literally no need for you to kind of not think about investing in an xbox especially if you don't have any console right now if you don't have any console and you're kind of deciding you know you know what like what should i buy i want to buy a console even though the new generation starting soon i want to buy a new console now and then i can kind of move on to that maybe a year later i, I feel like you know, Xbox is like a perfect place to get in, especially you can, especially since you can get them considerably cheap, really, really cheap. And all you need to do is just get the console and then you can just get the Xbox Game Pass. They usually have uh, three months for like a dollar or something like that as well. So you get like hundreds of games and all Xbox, Xbox exclusives, Microsoft exclusives are on there. So you won't be missing anything at all. So I think it's, it's such an amazing deal. So I just don't see how Google can uh, can compete with someone, someone like something like xCloud when they're giving you all these offers where Google is literally saying that you need not only pay as a subscription, you need, first you need to pay a subscription to be able to get the high-end games. Uh, but I mean high-end in terms of them running at 4K and, and 60 FPS, which they don't. But if you want them to run at 4K 60, 60 FPS, you need to pay them a monthly subscription for the pro membership. But then you need to pay eighty dollars. I'm talking about this is CAD, by the way. We pay seventy nine ninety nine CAD before tax in Canada. So, so you're paying eighty dollars for for a game after you're paying the subscription, and it literally makes no sense. I I'm, I'm not too sure what Google strategy is there. I think once X Cloud goes live and is available to everyone, and it is combined with Xbox Game Pass, Google will be in trouble. Um, Google's main selling point was the fact that, you know, they're Google. That's literally the main selling point. Uh, they don't have a lot of their own studios. They've been buying, they just bought Typhoon Studio, uh, with that, uh, who have developed Journey to the uh, Savage Planet. And, and uh, I think that game just came out as well. But again, that's obviously available on other, other areas. They have uh, their own internal studios working on stuff. I know Jay Raymond from uh, previously that worked at Ubisoft is also there. So, you know, who knows? I know that, it, it, they can deliver some good games over time. Uh, all, all of these studios take time to develop or develop and kind of get used to the technology, get used to just kind of working uh, under certain conditions. And I'm sure they will belt out some great games, but you know, sometimes it, it does get too late, especially when the market share might start, slowly pivot towards towards Xbox and xCloud. So it'll be interesting to see what happens within the year, especially with the new consoles coming out as well. So hopefully Google does start getting their getting the stuff together and and uh, actually releasing some some new games that may be some exclusive at the same time uh so the next news item is uh nintendo has no plans for a new switch model so this is an article at, on ign by um, adam bankers uh so he just kind of states that nintendo's president 
Shotaro Furukawa has stated that Nintendo has no plans to launch a new Nintendo Switch model during 2020. So now this is actually coming off of a lot of rumors that there will be a new Nintendo Switch or a Switch Pro coming out this year. Um, a lot of these rumors came because of the uh, Washington uh, Journal uh, post, I believe that was last year. I could be getting that wrong. But uh, a lot of these rumors started brewing up, especially uh, when since the new PlayStation and the new Xbox will be coming out this year, uh, there were a lot of rumors stating that a new Switch will also come a little er ahead of time or a little earlier than the new PlayStation and Xbox to be able to compete with them. Um, and it is interesting that Nintendo has straight out come out and say that they don't have any plans for a new Switch model. I guess they were seeing the rumors and they wanted to kind of uh, clarify everything. Um, it, I don't see that as a, as a negative in any way. It would be great if they do release a new uh, Switch model, uh, just a pro version so that you, know, you can run games at 4K. Uh, you can, you know, some games like 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 you know, Zelda, for example, especially in certain areas like Breath of the Wild, would maybe they could run a little bit better. But to be honest, uh, at this point, Nintendo Switch is or Nintendo is just doing their own thing. They're doing it doing it perfectly. All the games that do run on 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 Nintendo Switch, they might not run perfectly, but they do run well enough where you do have an enjoyable experience when you're uh, when you're playing these games. So I don't see that in any way hindering their uh, the, the experiences you can get on, on Nintendo Switch. Um, it does cause issues, especially when it comes to third-party games. So when PS5 and Xbox Series X comes out, uh, a lot of the third parties will be shifting to developing games for them, uh, for those uh, consoles. And of course, these consoles are much, much powerful than the Nintendo Switch. So at that time, it becomes an issue of whether or not these third-party games will be able to come to Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm sure Nintendo has obviously talked to third parties and they kind of have something going in, in, in that way or some sort of things developing that, you know, kind of ensures that, hey, even though these games will be coming out on PS5 or Xbox Series X, we'll have a very downgraded version ready for the Nintendo Switch because there is a big audience in Nintendo Switch and there's a big hungry gaming audience on Nintendo Switch from what I've seen. You know, any game that you put on Nintendo Switch or at least most games that you put on Nintendo Switch do do swell, uh, sell uh, gangbusters. So they do quite a they do quite well there, especially when it comes to the it comes to indie games. So I don't think it'll be that bad of an issue. It would have been fun to kind of see something like Red Dead Redemption Two come out to the Nintendo Switch, or even something like Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare, something like that come to come to Nintendo Switch. You know, just kind of having that handle experience is, is really fun. Uh, I've been kind of doing that quite a bit whenever there's a game that I've been I'm playing on my PC or 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 on my PS4. Uh, and I really enjoy those games, and, and I kind of keep thinking to myself, like, oh man, if I only had my I had this game on my Nintendo Switch, you know, I could just kind of lie in bed, play through it, and it'll be so much easier rather than me getting getting up, sitting on my desk, or getting up and sitting on my on, on my couch. And I know they have streaming stuff uh, set up uh, for the PlayStation, for for Steam Link and stuff like that, but you know, it's it's some, it's hit or miss with that. Uh, I have a I have a good internet here, but even with good internet here, uh, with, with what I have, it's not always perfect. So, you know, sometimes you just want something that just is handheld. It's like an actual thing that did download on the device. So, yeah, I don't think this is a bad thing. Uh, it's great that uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this means that they're developing more time. They're putting more time and money into developing newer games, uh, new uh, exclusive games, uh, especially stuff like Breath of the Wild 2, which also might be coming out this year. And we'll probably discuss that at a later time in terms of what I think will be happening at the end of the year when it comes to new console launches. Um, so the next item is... Xbox boss teases new projects and prefers high refresh rate. So this is pretty interesting. So Phil Spencer at Xbox has been kind of going, go, doing the rounds when it comes to uh, just doing interviews and talking about the new Xbox and, and, and his leadership and stuff like that. So this article came from uh, Francesco De Mio on WCCF Tech. So this is just to do with the frame rate uh, part of the new story. Um, so Phil Spencer in an interview with Steve, Steve Viver uh, he was just saying, I think we've reached a point with Xbox One X in this generation where games look amazing. And there's always work we can do to look more amazing. But I want games to feel as amazing as they look. We don't have the, that in today's generation really because the CPU is underpowered relative to the GPU that's in the box in order to reach a feel and frame rate and, I, I, and kind of consistency or variable refresh rate and other things that we want. So, you know, it, it is something that I've also kind of shifted my stance on over time. Initially, I didn't really care about uh, frame rates or high refresh rate uh, when I, I, I used to be a primary a, a console gamer. Um, and once I made my gaming PC last year, 
uh, and I, I bought a 144 hertz uh, monitor as well. And just kind of seeing those games, even if you're not running at 144 hertz fully, sometimes it's, I always see, at least in my case, I don't, if it goes above 100, uh, 100, uh, 100 frames per second, I honestly don't notice it. But you know, you do notice the difference between something that's running at 30 FPS, 45 FPS, or 60 FPS, uh, to when, it, when you compare it to something that's running at 90 or 100 FPS. And I think that's the, a, a good change that we're seeing with this new console generation. The CPU was definitely underpowered when it comes to the PlayStation and, and Microsoft's uh, Xbox. And I think them moving to AMD's Ryzen CPU will, will help them quite, quite a bit, especially when it comes to developers being able to fully utilize these consoles. So I'm glad that Xbox is definitely taking a stance where uh, they want to see high, high refresh rate when it comes to these consoles. Um, it does come down to an issue with the type of monitor or, or uh, the TV you have. So most of us, most people will have either 1080p uh, 60fps TV or, or 4K 60fps TV. No, not, not many people will have something that's above 60 hertz when it comes to their TVs, um, especially when it comes to, when, because especially if it's a TV that's in your living room, uh, it depends on uh, whether or not you want to invest in that type of TV, but most people will have something that's 60 hertz. So, you know, you can at least get from this that they will be pushing 60 fps in most games at this point so it won't be an issue of games just reading 30 30 fps with the occasional 60 fps i'm hoping that this means that we're dedicated to getting more more than 60 fps if you have that sort of, mo sort of monitor available or tv available but you know what if you have a, a, a tv or just any tv at the moment that hits 60 hertz you will definitely be getting that 60 fps because i think we're we're past that point where 30 fps Especially when it comes to cinematic games, um, I think we're, we're past that point where 30 FPS is acceptable. I think 60 FPS should be the baseline from now on. Um, and with everything that they've done so far in terms of the GPU and the CPU that they're choosing, I feel like they're on the on the right track. So it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see what happens. Um, other than that, uh, he was also talking about, I believe this was, I don't know if this was on the same interview or the other, uh, another article. I do apologize. I will definitely state it. In, in, in a in a next next show um i should have definitely taken note of this i definitely made a mistake there but i apologize um he was kind of talking about the the initiative which is the internal studio at xbox and how they are working towards uh, creating triple a games or i think it was quadruple a I, I remember i remember reading something like that i think it was quadruple a games but it was basically this teasing game that they're, they're also working on something which is great i think that was one of the main issues that Xbox had this past uh, generation. Uh, they just didn't have that many exclusives, which was unfortunate. But you know what? They 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 understood that the, the mistakes they made. They invested in a lot more, um, a lot more of these of of these studios. They bought a lot of studios, and I think I think this is Microsoft's turn to kind of turn around. Uh, they have the everything right in mind when it comes to catering to the players. They've been doing amazing when it comes to Xbox Game Pass. They've been doing amazing when it comes to um, allowing people who have an Xbox One right now to still enjoy exclusives um, for the new generation when Xbox Series X comes out. This will be something that we'll be talking at the end of the uh, at the end of the show. But I, you know, I think this is Xbox's turn to just kind of step it up. Um, it doesn't mean that you know they will be able to beat sony outright um uh, and you know like uh, uh, just the way it's been going on this generation and them shifting from this generation to the next um but you know what this is definitely the, the step in the right direction this is kind of what the change that you would want to see see them make and hopefully in the next few years we'll be will be you know bombarded by amazing xbox uh console exclusive or xbox exclusive in general or microsoft exclusive in general uh and you know it'll be a different story altogether at that point um uh, the next story is something i'm, I'm actually quite happy about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is selling quite well. So uh, this was again, it came from gameindustry.biz. Uh, this was an article uh, written by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, so during its Q3 earnings call with investors following the company's quarterly financial results, this is for EA, uh, the publisher announced that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has sold beyond our projections for the quarter and later reiterated and re uh, re reiterated the result by saying that it hit the high end of its expected sales. So this is great news for any Star Wars fans out there. You know, I, I know that EA was not doing the best job when it comes to catering to uh, our Star Wars fans who are also gamers. Um, Battlefront was, Star Wars Battlefront 
uh, was great. In my opinion, it was it was great multiplayer game, but obviously they just did not add enough, and asking full price for for it was not a, was not good either. But I remember just putting so much time in that game. I really like Battlefront. Um, then of course they, they just kept going with that multiplayer uh, kind of a thing with with Battlefront Two, except they added a single player story there. But they did kind of make a big fumble when it comes to loot boxes, so you could kind of see that they were going down that route of creating a multiplayer, just a, a, just a games as a service model where Battlefront 2 would be there, it would be kind of raking in money through these loot boxes and they have something set when it comes to a Star Wars property and they'll keep adding stuff. And the gamers stood up and you know were against it. They changed all this. I play Battlefront 2 quite a bit now and I really, really enjoy it. I recommend anyone who hasn't played Battlefront 2 because of the whole loot box controversy to go and check it out for sure because they've added a lot of free stuff. It's a really, really, really good game. It's much, much better than what you would have thought at that point when it was coming out. Um, and yeah, it de definitely is not getting the credit it deserves. And I'm glad that EA kind of changed their stance on that. And then, you know, going in to this Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I think everyone, everyone had the same thought in their, in their mind that how is EA going to mess this up? What will they put in this game that's going to make us want to shell out money? What will they do to this game? What will they lock out of this game in a single player story mode and say, hey, you do pay us, pay us another $20 to get the expansion. And you know, if the game came out, it was obviously a little undercooked because I think they were trying to release it in time for the movie. But you know what? They kept adding, uh, they kept patching it up and stuff like that. I played it even with the glitches and stuff like that. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I really hope, um, I mean, looking at this now, I'm pretty sure they will invest more in this, in this franchise. Hopefully they'll make a sequel that comes out in a couple of years. And you know, like it, it, it Respawn just did a good, did an amazing job. I feel like at this point, Respawn has deserves our, you know, our our respect and um and, and you know our adoration in a sense because of how they handle most probably how they handle Apex Legends and Time to Fall stuff like that and how they handled um, Star Wars, which was, to be honest, uh, at a point where everyone had just almost given up on that property because we because we, everyone knew that this this is the the IP that that EA has at this point. And they are, they are the only ones that are allowed to develop these games. So, you know, it kind of sucked for a lot of people who wanted to enjoy Star Wars games and miss the days of games like KOTOR or miss the days of even games like Force Unleashed and stuff like that. So it's great to see that Jedi Fallen Order came out. It did well. And, you know, when, whenever you hear stuff like that, when it comes to EA investor calls, it's, it's a good sign. You know, when they are saying that it's the high end of the expectations, that's a very good, very, very good sign. And that means that they will be definitely investing more in the, in, in this series. So uh, I'm hoping good. I I have, uh, uh, I'm pretty positive when it comes to how EA will handle this property from now on. You never know, you know. But I'm hoping that when it comes to these loot boxes stuff, they just they can stick to the sports franchises that makes it that makes them a lot of money. They can just kind of stick to that and, and use that as a way to just kind of give them a constant stream of revenue. But you know, hopefully they can kind of stay away from properties like. Uh, like Star Wars and kind of just focus on making good single-player games and because that's what people want people uh, Do people enjoy multiplayer games, but there there's a big chunk of, of, of the gamers out there that only just want a game that they can start and finish and then and they're done with it They don't need to keep going back in so I hope they, they kind of they listen to their fans and they keep going along along these lines um, This next story is actually something that I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, I, I'm, uh, this Silent Hill getting, is apparently getting a soft reboot and uh, this is all based on rumors. So this is an article on IGN by Joseph Noob. Um, so it states, Twitter user Aesthetic Gamer was the first to drop the new report. Um, and Aesthetic Gamer is known for reliably leaking previous Capcom titles. Uh, and I divulged some details about the supposed two new Silent Hill games. According to Aesthetic Gamer, one game will be a soft reboot of the franchise while the other will be an episodic experience similar to Telltale Games or Until Dawn. And I think this is, this sounds pretty awesome. I'm not sure if this is Konami fully at the helm or if Konami is getting a third party developer take take, take the helm and, and kind of uh, make these. But you know, I think this is great because Konami has such amazing properties when it comes to Castlevania, Metal Gear, uh, Silent Hill. And you know, unfortunately they, they ever since Metal Gear Solid 5 and Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear Survive, they've just kind of been staying away, other than Pro Evolution Soccer, they've been staying away from making AAA games. So, you know, if this is true, this is great. I, I, I don't know how they will kind of go about this just because there was so much controversy surrounding uh, Hideo Kojima and how 
he was kicked out of Konami or how he left Konami and you know how he was at the helm when it comes to Silent Hills the one with the, the game with the uh, PT or I should say with Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro and we saw that combination of everyone kind of come together Death Stranding after he left Konami so I'm not sure how they will how they will deal with this I definitely think if they are going for a soft reboot they should stick with how PT came out or how PT like was designed with that first person's perspective with that very 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 intense horror uh you know supernatural aspect uh I don't know if they can fully go towards because I've seen I haven't played them fully but I've, I've seen a lot of gameplay of course as well but like the older games when it comes to Silent Hill 1, 2, uh, you know, stuff like Downpour, The Room, stuff, uh, Homecoming, you know, all of them have a, an element which is more kind of almost Resident Evil-esque about them. It's obviously horror, like more, a lot more scarier, I think, in a way than Resident Evil. But, you know, it, it, it was kind of following those those tropes in terms of, you know, you kind of going in place and doing certain puzzles, attacking things uh, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, managing your, managing your inventory. So... I think it will be it will be a, a a very novel approach if they go down that PT route where it is about doing puzzles stuff like that, but it's not necessarily them uh, necessarily about us dealing with them or trying to take these supernatural things out. You know, I I don't mind them going towards a puzzle route with almost like an outlast kind of a thing where uh, it's more about doing things to survive. And obviously, it's puzzles along the way, but you know, if it's supernatural thing, you don't have to find a plank or I don't know, like a hammer or something, whatever, and just or maybe a gun or something, and just kind of shoot these things, just to kind of get, get get them out of the way. I feel like Resident Evil and Capcom was already doing a good job with that. That I feel like even with Resident Evil Seven that came out a while back, that I just don't I just don't see them. Uh, I just don't, just don't see why they would want to take that approach, just to kind of make them make it a, a little bit more novel, right? For 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 people who do enjoy uh, horror games, and the episodic experience thing that I think that be that's pretty awesome too. To be honest, I feel like you know in between maybe releasing the reboot which will probably be more of a, a a big undertaking i feel like having something smaller in between and you know even if it's a telltale game approach to be honest um uh, because i don't know how, about the until dawn kind of a thing where it's, it is more about just choosing dialogue options stuff like that and and you know your decisions can have uh big consequences um when it comes to you know, the players that you have and stuff like that i feel like the episodic approach will be pretty awesome releasing an episode episode uh, maybe weekly or bi-weekly and you know just kind of but kind of going down the the telltale approach of you know the horror tropes and everything like that uh, i feel like that would be a lot better than maybe the until dawn approach um, because again like until dawn is already kind of doing that or and madam with madam and dad and stuff like that so i feel like going down a telltale approach where it is focused more on the story more on the dialogue rather than you know kind of until dawn was more about there's like a bit of dialogue option but you kind of move around here and there, there's dialogue option i think that'll be uh, a, a little bit different but i do understand why they kind of put them together because it, it, at the end of the day it is very similar when it comes to what what you're doing it is basically the same uh but yeah i think overall i think that'd be pretty fun actually that'd be pretty pretty cool so it'll be cool to kind of put that in between when it comes to the the silent hill reboot um so i'm pretty excited about that hopefully hopefully we hear about this soon hopefully konami starts making Mel gear games again you know i know that that's a a, a hideo kojima thing but you know what like if they get the right developers, if they get the right people, you know, Konami can probably belt out a pretty good, pretty good Metal Gear game. I know a lot of us are hungry for it. They have the engine as well. So, you know, just, just give us some, just give us some more solid snake. You know, that's all I'm asking for. Um, the next story actually kind of, is, is kind of similar to, uh, just kind of, as we were talking about Silent Hill and how I, I hope they go down more of the PT route. Uh, Resident Evil 8 will apparently also be first person, which um, kind of makes sense after Resident Evil 7 being first person as well. So this is an article by Matt Kim on IGN. Um, according to the YouTube channel Residents of Evil, Resident Evil 8 will follow in Resident Evil 7's footsteps and keep the first-person perspective. Eurogamer has heard similar details from sources familiar with, with Capcom. So this was kind of a given, I think. Resident Evil 7 came out and I think they, it, it did well. It did, I don't know if it did as well as Resident Evil 6 or 5, but it did much better than I think Capcom expected. It kind of put Capcom back uh, on the map when it comes to their games. Uh, they were definitely spiraling downwards in a, in a sense at that point with, with their game releases. And I played Resident Evil 7. I even played it in, in, in PSVR. And it's, it's just an amazing game. They just did such a good job, um, you know, kind of combining the the aspects of Resident Evil when it comes to the action part 
you know, so you do have to kind of shoot your way through things uh, at certain instances, but they combine it so perfectly with first person and, you know, making you worried about your inventory management, making you worried about certain characters, the certain bosses. Obviously, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much just because, you know, I don't know if anyone's, everyone's played that game, but, you know, how they deal with certain characters that are walking around, uh, you know, and, and how, if, if whether or not you, you're able to kill them or not, and how you can kind of avoid them. And of course, adding puzzles to it, uh, the the expansions or the DLCs, those are really amazing as well. If you haven't, if anyone hasn't checked out the DLC, please do. Like it's it's so good. They did such a great job. So I don't see why they wouldn't want to continue that, continue working uh, on a game that's very similar to Resident Evil Seven in terms of perspective and everything. Uh, I think as long as they do everything that they did with Resident Evil Seven, they'll be they'll get a, they'll belt out a perfect Resident Evil game at that point. And I'm glad that we have. Uh, two Resident Evils in uh, in a way side by side we have you know things like Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 so that's kind of giving us that you know old nostalgia when it comes to Resident Evil games third person perspective stuff like that and you know they at the same time they have Resident Evil 8 which is kind of almost for the new generation people who are just getting to Resident Evil Resident Evil 7 might be their first Resident Evil game as first person and stuff like that so kind of they're they carry to two audiences which which I really like so I'm, I'm pretty excited for Resident Evil 8 hopefully uh, this is what we, we hear about it, you know, soon enough. Um, the next news item is Nintendo Switch has shipped more consoles than Xbox One. Uh, so this is actually an article on VG247 by Sherry Saeed. Uh, so Nintendo has announced today that global shipments for Switch have exceeded 52 million units since the console launched nearly three years ago. 52 million is already ahead of the legendary SNES. And according to Nico Partners analyst Daniel Ahmad, uh, it's more than the Xbox One's lifetime sales so far as well. So Nintendo Switch, of course, you know, as expected, is doing amazing. They have not stopped when it comes to delivering on exclusives. And I think that's the main takeaway from this is exclusive. It's not about just kind of putting out a console and having, uh, uh, you know, and kind of fully relying on third-party support or fully relying on a separate feature when it comes to this console. Most people buy these consoles to, to play games. And Nintendo Switch, when it comes to consoles, I think every year has not put the brakes on. You know, uh, just this year right now, the fact that we don't know about other exclusives that might be coming out for Nintendo uh, Nintendo Switch is, is, you know, is exciting. We only know that Animal Crossing is coming out uh, this year in March. And that already is a huge game. And, you know, there's all these reports of probably Breath of the Wild 2, you know, maybe a Metroid Prime trilogy uh, or, or something like that. There's just so many, so many possibilities. You know, just last year, you know, people, a lot of people look at it as a, a, a quiet year when it comes to Nintendo Switch games, but it, it wasn't in a way because it had, we had games like Pokemon, we had games like Luigi's Mansion, Astro's Chain, you know, like they they release a, const, a constant set of games when it comes to the exclusives, and it, it honestly is, is a perfect time to be a Nintendo Switch owner or a perfect time to be a, a Nintendo gamer because they will not pump the brakes in any way when it comes to this year as well. So, uh, you know, it does make sense that they have stole so many games, especially now that they're kind of trying to take over both the handheld and console market. So I think that's also another reason that they sell uh, sold so well. Uh, you know, a lot of people who would normally buy a Nintendo 3DS or Nintendo DS, they, at this point, because of the Nintendo Lite also coming out recently, which is primarily a handheld console, uh, I think that was also perfect because, you know, they were like, they, they kind of saw that this is going to be the new Nintendo console or the new Nintendo handheld console. For the next few years so that probably got in a lot more a lot more people into the nintendo ecosystem and of course just nintendo switch the the og one uh plus hopefully a, a new refresh coming out at some at some point it's, you know kind of caters to both those handheld and console market so you know nintendo has just found a strategy that i think is just doing is just doing amazing for them and i think with this year as well we won't see them slow down when it comes to the game um xbox one of course i think Unfortunately, just did not do well when it comes to their sales, mainly because of of, of exclusives and, and just just games that are only on on their on that console, right? I think it was obviously an issue with their marketing strategy at the at the beginning of the the generation, but you know it was still dependent on them actually releasing console exclusives and co games that you can only got get only get on on Xbox consoles. So I think that's always been an issue with Xbox. I think they are obviously, like I was saying earlier, they are dedicating more time. Uh, they are dedicating more, a lot more resources to developing in-house studios, buying studios, and you know, like the the amount of studios they have at this point, you know, like with Ninja Theory coming out with a new Hellblade, uh, Bleeding Edge, which is uh, which is kind of like the Overwatch kind of a game, 
this year uh, a new uh, a new project called Project Mara. Uh, you know they have gave uh, uh, other companies like or other developers uh, like Obsidian, uh, Double Fine, all of them kind of under the Xbox Game Studios, um, uh, Xbox Game Studios umbrella. I think we have a, a slew of games that will be coming out by them in the next in the next few years. Unfortunately, we obviously won't see uh, you know anything for a while, which is which is something we'll dwell deeper at the end of the show. But yeah, I feel like. You know, at the end of the day, Xbox has uh, Microsoft has a lot of things to be positive for, so it's pretty exciting to be a, a Microsoft fan as well with everything that's going on. But good on Nintendo for for selling so many so many Nintendo Switches in such a such a short amount of time. Uh, the next thing, actually, I I kind of put it put this in there because I, I'm a big fan of this game, especially the 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 new set of games, uh, I should say. But uh, it's a rumor, so obviously, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, at the same time, I I you know I I will I I like putting rumors like this because. It is a rumor, and I don't know if it's fully verified by a lot of a lot of places or anything like that. But I just I just like kind of I I love rumors. You know I like kind of delving into rumors and kind of looking into them and, and see whether or not they come true. So of course if if you don't want me to do rumors at all, please let me know and I will stick to mainly news items. But this is something that I, I found really interesting. Apparently there might be a new Deus Ex that will be announced for the next generation consoles, and, and that's pretty awesome just because. When Mankind, uh, Mankind Divided came, came out, uh, there was a lot of issues with Square, Square Enix's uh, marketing strategy when it comes to that game. I know a lot of people weren't happy with them locking certain tiers when it comes to reaching pre-order numbers. I, I, feel like, I, I feel like it was something like that. I might be getting it wrong uh, and people weren't happy about that. Uh, it was basically, I guess, uh, say if, if we hit the, these many pre-order numbers, we'll unlock this for the game and you can get this specific thing for the game. Uh, I apologize if I get it wrong, but I remember something like that. There was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, issues when it comes to stuff like that when, uh, around that game, and, and people weren't happy with it. But the game itself was really, really good. I I played it, uh, you know, but unfortunately, I don't think it is sold that well, um, you know. And uh, I think it, it wasn't mainly because of the 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 marketing issues. It was just because the game Deus Ex itself, especially after Human Revolution. Um, you know, a human revolution got a, got a lot of people in there, but I think Mankind Divided was not just it was. It, it, when looking at it, it just felt like it was just Human Revolution point five almost. At least for me, when it comes to me just seeing trailers stuff like that, I didn't really see anything special about it or anything new. And I was just like, oh, okay, so it's a sequel, looks the same, whatever. I'll I'll definitely check it out at some point. And you know, obviously, I I don't know if it was because of the same reasons. It seems that a lot of people felt the same way and it, it didn't sell sell crazy. It started going on sale really quickly uh it was I, I it was on ps plus it was on xbox game pass you know uh, and, and they released really cool expansions as well and i played through all of it i played through the dlc i played through uh the the, uh, uh, the main game and uh you know it's unfortunate that i didn't play it when it came out because it was it was actually a really good game if anyone of you enjoy stealth games uh with rpg elements you know i don't i don't see where, how how you can go wrong with this game it's probably really really cheap right now as well so I would definitely recommend checking out, especially the expansions and, and other DLC as well. Uh, and the story is pretty interesting as well. I think it'll be harder for them to come out uh, and uh, come out now or maybe in the next year or so, just because Cyberpunk is coming out. Uh, I'm not saying that they're they're one of the same, but it does kind of it, it is kind of ha it does kind of have a similar setting. I know Cyberpunk is a little bit more colorful, um, and with with my, with with DSX being a little bit more gritty, uh, a little bit more yellow most of the time. But you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they kind of change up that game, especially in a generation where Cyberpunk is coming out, and Cyberpunk will be kind of competing with them in a sense, especially because Cyberpunk has someone like CD Projekt Red behind a CD Pro Project Red behind them as well. So it should be interesting. So this was actually leaked by uh, Reddit user zero, oh sorry o zero zero six. So apparently the, the the leaker also states that a teaser trailer is in the works for later this year. And could possibly see the game launch in August 2021. Uh, this is a possible. It's possibly a, a cross-gen title as well. Uh, this, which is kind of expected for the next couple of years when it comes to uh, third-party releases, most of them will be cross-gen. So it'll be pretty interesting. I'm pretty excited. And again, this is purely rumor. Like this is literally on on Reddit. You know. So again, like if uh, I, I I like kind of looking at at these kind of things just because it gets me excited for the future when it comes to gaming. Uh, but of course, if it's something that you don't want me to do anymore, or if you want me to focus on rumors that are more verified or are rumors that report in more areas, I can definitely do that as well. Uh, so that's that's all that I have when it comes to news. Um, 
what what I want to do next was kind of just talk about a certain topic or a certain thing that I had on my mind uh, for this week. Uh, so this one one thing I keep thinking about, especially when it comes to this year, uh, year twenty twenty, is the new generation of consoles, right? So everything that's happened since twenty thirteen, uh, the question that I keep thinking to myself, especially when it comes to be kind of picking up the new consoles, uh, especially when it comes to be buying my first new console, uh, I, I usually I try not to buy both of the consoles uh both of the consoles together uh, i'd rather buy one invest my time in that and maybe pick up the other one later on if, if i really need it but you know does microsoft stand a chance for the next generation and you know who 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 will want next generation when it comes to uh these consoles competing with, with each other um you know microsoft has been doing a lot of right things towards the end of this generation they've been buying uh developers they have something like game pass they have uh, good developers as well. They have a, a boss, uh, Phil Spencer, at the helm that you know really, really cares about building that Xbox brand. But you know, all, 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 all that said, but w w the way they've been approaching their strategy is to make their games more more available. So they've obviously Xbox has kind of already stated that all the exclusives will be available on PC, right? At the same time, they said all of the exclusives will also be on Xbox Game Pass, and they've also said that all of the exclusives for the next two years will be available on Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, and the new Xbox Series X. So, you know, they've been approaching this in a way where it's being very consumer friendly, uh, to be honest. But at the same time, it also gives us no reason, and this is purely my opinion, but it gives us no reason to actually go out in November and buy an Xbox Series X day one. So if you have or if you're already a big Xbox fan, you can literally have an Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, and you are set for the next two years. Um, and you know, it's always a thing where they always say that, you know, it's never a good idea to buy new technology or any uh, anything new uh, a day one, just because, you know, they'll, they'll be patched up, things will be improved, it'll be cheaper. And you know, when it comes to consoles, especially, if you literally do wait, a year or two and I, I, fall, I fell for this you know I, I bought a ps4 day one and i had basically no games they were like games that killed all shadow ball stuff like that whereas you know if i waited literally a year which is when i actually fully started playing my ps4 like quite a bit more i would get that game not only cheaper but i would have so many games along with it right so i think that's the issue that microsoft is facing now is how can they convince consumers that hey even though you have all these things where you can play the game on Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X PC, you need to go out and buy an Xbox Series X today. And I think that's the issue that I'm facing right now when I look at it. Um, you know, it, it, obviously we hear reports about how it might be more powerful than the PS5. Uh, you know, until I feel like Sony or, or we actually hear these news, I feel like there's literally no point in, in dwelling on that. Um, you know, for all we know, both of them could be exactly the same power. But even if the power, as I was kind of stating with the Nintendo Switch, that doesn't matter. It's at the end of the day, it's all about the games. So, so for someone like me right now, I have an Xbox One X and I have a gaming PC, and my gaming PC will most likely be be, be more powerful than, than the new generation of consoles. So it comes down to, okay, so I, when it comes to these exclusives, I will be able to experience the best version of these exclusives on my PC. Okay, that's fine, but uh, at the same time, I also want to be able to play these games on my TV. Oh wait, I actually have a Xbox One X. So I can play these games on my TV. Okay, so for someone like me, I'm, I'm invested in the ecosystem. I have that. And I think that's what the strategy is uh, overall. It's obviously to keep me in the ecosystem and I will be in the ecosystem. I will continue to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass for the foreseeable future. But day one, when those consoles come out, everyone's going to be saying that, well, hey, I already have an Xbox One. I already have a PC. I already have an Xbox One S, One X. You know, what's the, the new thing about the Xbox Series X? If there's nothing that really, really sells you when it comes to that console, when it comes to the features, people will be like, but like, hey, the PS5 is coming out and the console exclusive that come out for that are only going to be a PS5. Uh, and I know that more recently there were news about Horizon Zero Dawn coming out of PC, which I think is great. I think, I think that's going to be the, uh, uh, the strategy that uh, Sony takes from now on. I think we've seen that with things like Death Stranding, things like... Um, Detroit Become Human, which are coming from third-party developers, but uh, or second-party developers, but obviously um, Horizon Zero Dawn will be the first um, Sony proper exclusive coming out to the PC, 
And it kind of makes sense because it's been three years or so since the game came out. Since the game came out, and it it kind of makes sense for them to release on the PC because I doubt that we that that game selling a lot quite a bit on on PC on, on PS4 still. Um, adding to the PC gets a new user base. PC on on PC they are in a way not they're not really competing with Microsoft, and I think that's what re, that Sony's realizing that there's a lot more money to be made if they release it on consoles and PC. And I think that might be the strategy over time. I think what they're going to do right now, uh, at least until the mid generation for PS5, is they're going to release uh, PS, uh, Sony exclusives on PC maybe a year or two years after it has come out on the PS5. And I think that's a perfect strategy. I think it's the same with what's happening with Death Stranding. It came out in November, I think around June or, or, or so, it's going to come out on PC. And they'll probably keep doing that for, for, their, for their other, other consoles, other, other exclusives. But even with that, even with that, you know, let's say uh, on, on day one on PS5, if possible, I don't know if this will be possible, but if possible, they might come out with Horizon Zero Dawn 2, maybe a new Ratchet and Clank, maybe, some, maybe a Gran Turismo, maybe a SOCOM, maybe a Killzone. But like when, when they come out with these exclusives, they'll be like, hey, if you want to try these exclusives, you want to try these games. Uh, plus, we have games like Spider-Man 2 and God of War, you know, God of War 2. You want to try these games. These games you can only play on, on our console, uh, especially... Uh, or not even day one, but you know, uh, not even. Uh, sorry, uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, it's maybe it's not that you know these are the games that will be coming out day one with the launch of the console. But you know, it might be that hey, we have some exclusive right now that you can only play on the PS Five, and that obviously still sounds a lot better than hey, we have these games, but they're also available on your older consoles or here or there or that. So I feel like Sony has the upper hand when it comes to selling the PS5 to people because you know when it comes to Christmas season everyone and uh, everyone's had a PS4 for for a relatively long time at this point you know everyone's looking to upgrade it's, it's, it's so much easier to sell someone a, a console that has exclusive that has games that are not available anywhere else and I think that's a strategy that will kind of ensure that PS5 will definitely sell a lot more uh, than, than the new Xbox. Uh, and again, this is my opinion. Who knows what happens by the end of this year? Who knows if this February announcement thing even happens for Sony uh, or what happens at E3? Uh, but it will be interesting to see how Microsoft kind of pivots from this because I'm sure Microsoft is also listening. You know, Microsoft is probably also aware that people are people are not fully invested in, in Xbox just yet because they already have an Xbox or they're like, hey, you know what? I, this is Xbox Series X is going to be way too expensive for me. I'm just going to buy an Xbox One or Xbox One S. You know, I don't care if the game runs at 60 FPS or not. I don't care if the game it, it, it runs a little slower, loads a little slower. You know, um, and and I think that's where they will be losing a lot of potential customers on their new on their new console. Uh, but of of course, you know, this is stuff. This is stuff that that can change over time. Um, it, at this point. In my opinion, it's pretty clear that that Sony will most likely be able to win the next generation. Um, I don't know how that will apply when it comes to subscribers, because I think that's where Microsoft and Xbox Game Pass has a has an upper hand. Um, I think Sony is also realizing that they need to they need to change their strategy with PS Now. Uh, PS Now, from what I think, uh, from what I believe, uh, I might have read this somewhere. I think they have more games overall. Uh, on, on PS Now, but of course because it's streaming, you know, you can't download these games. Uh, some games aren't, you know, as appealing or maybe un unlike maybe on Game Pass, you know, aren't as new because Game Pass does offer games that are, are, are new, uh, especially when it comes to Microsoft exclusives, you know, so it makes sense for you to kind of jump on the Xbox Game Pass. PS Now is reliant on the internet, first of all. There's only a few games that are only PS4 that you can download. So I think, you know, Sony made a good, good decision to change the pricing of their PS Now model and made it a little cheaper, but it will be interesting to see how they learn from, from Microsoft Xbox Game Pass and how the subscription count kind of changes over time. Um, and I think that's the only way that I can see Microsoft kind of having an upper hand over uh, when it comes to that, when it comes to just building the Xbox brand, you know. Um, I've always kind of been a, a primarily a Sony, Sony uh, gamer, Sony console gamer, but uh, since the Xbox 360 era, I've, I've always had an Xbox console with Xbox One X. I usually uh, always try to buy the third-party games on my on my Xbox One. Um, of course, I've I've been I've been shifting more towards uh, PC nowadays. 
as well but you know like just xbox one x just just a good job when it comes to having a console that is the best console out there or or the the most powerful console out there out there especially if you have a 4k tv you know everything looks really good um so i don't know how they will kind of pivot the sounds when it when it comes to the new generation and being able to compete with the fact that sony has so many so many exclusives so many uh games that are just ready uh you know we also we haven't even talked about insomniac and and, and when it comes to ratchet and clank and maybe some other vr stuff that they might be working on and psvr too uh you know sony santa monica has has obviously made god of war but i'm sure they have other teams that are working on other things and you know these are these are developers that have come out with amazing games uh whereas on on the microsoft side you know in more recent times we've had crackdown 3 uh which was not that good gears 5 was was fun but you know at the end of the day no one went after at least after when i played it you know gears, gears 5 was still a good game and everything but i didn't i didn't have the same emotions that i felt when i played god of war you know i didn't have the same emotions when i when i played games like horizon zero dawn or the last of us you know and and slowly this year itself even though this is the transitional year this year itself is coming out with last of us part two they're coming out with a the, with the cool game dream they're coming out with ghost of tsushima which which, should, which could be pretty awesome which could be bad we don't know uh you know and, and microsoft is not to say microsoft is not coming out with with good game themselves you know i know they have ori and the will of the wisp they have uh bleeding edge coming out this year they have, I think, a game by Obsidian, which is kind of like a multiplayer co-op thing. And I think that that was always my issue, is I just want Microsoft to focus on single-player story-based games. You know, games like Ori and the World of the Wisp. Uh, games like Gears 5. Uh, you know, even though Crackdown 3 was not a good game, it was still at least a single-player enjoyable game. It was just, you know, you're just going out and having a fun time. I just want them to focus more on that and invest more on that because those are the I, I i think those are the things that will sell a console to you you know i know they have halo infinite coming out this year but i do hope that they are kind of shifting in a way from halo 5 because halo 5 did take a very strong approach to when it comes to focusing on their multiplayer uh the story was not that good i've played every single halo game i love halo uh you know i have i would have i play halo master chief collection on my on my pc as well you know it it, it sucks seeing how it went from Halo 1, 2, 3, uh, 3, Halo Reach ODST. And even when Halo 4 came out, people were iffy on it, but I really enjoyed the campaign. I really liked it. But when Halo 5 came out, it was like misleading uh, marketing. Uh, you know, the story was not that good. It was really, really short. And we automatically, then it's like, okay, you know, the multiplayer is good. You know, then the multiplayer was, you could see the focus was multiplayer. It was just kind of developing a thing that would get people invested in Halo and get them coming back. And I hope with Halo Infinite, they realized that Look, the multiplayer can be good, you know, and it, 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 it can be a thing that makes it money over time. It can be something that people keep coming back to. But the reason that people love Halo was not only the multiplayer, it was a single player, it was Master Chief, it was his story. And, every, you know, Cortana and just, you know, just him being a badass. I feel like all that stuff was completely taken out from Halo 5. So I am a little worried when it comes to Halo Infinite. I'm, I'm hoping that they realize that, hey, we need to make a game. We need to make a, a, a Halo game that is focused on the story, that is focused on Master Chief, and that will get these fans back in. That will get these fans that that play Halo One, that play Halo Two, that play Halo Three, and get them back in and say, "Wow, this is an amazing story." You know, I I always find it interesting that if, if a game like God of War, you know, I used to love God of War before even the new twenty eighteen God of War that came out. You know, I know a lot of people that were. Uh, uh, that were always, you know, not uh, very supportive or not uh, weren't big fans of Kratos when it comes to God of War One, Two, Three, um, Ascension, the PSP games. You know, they weren't very big fans of it. But I still, I still really loved it. I saw uh, th this character, uh, you know, kind of hurting this character that's kind of trying to, uh, you know, go out there and and and. Uh, get vengeance for 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 his family for what he did to his family what what happened with Ares and stuff like that and it was just such a wonderful story you know obviously it wasn't fully fleshed out you know it was Kratos most of the time just getting angry mostly just, just screaming and when they pivoted to this god of war i was just amazed i was like wow like this completely changed how i view a lot of these games a lot of these older ips and what could happen to them over time the way cory barlog and sony santa monica just changed that game and made it into this amazing masterpiece which is 
which is like deserving of an Oscar in a way. And like just the combat, and you know, it's, it's not even just a story, but coupled with amazing gameplay, you know. I've seen that with some games like Red Dead Redemption 2, this is my opinion, but Red Dead Redemption 2 has a great story, but the combat is unfortunately not that, not that good in my opinion. And, you know, uh, with, with God of War, they, did, they just did such a great job. So I think, you know, them being able to do that with a character like Kratos, that at, th- at that time was one-dimensional, you know, always angry, always screaming, and shifted into this game that is now agreed upon by most people that is one of the best games of all time. I definitely think that this is a shift that all these all these games can make, and I can totally see that with Halo because Halo came off of uh, an opposite end where it was good gameplay, it was good multiplayer, but the story was good, the characters were good. So I think with Halo Infinite, there's obviously a bit of a challenge for for um, for three four three industries. You know, they're obviously at up uphill battle right now, especially with the way Halo Five came out. But you know, I I definitely don't. I don't think that they will do uh, do us a disservice when it comes to you know honoring Master Chief in a way, and it should be pretty interesting to see this battle heating up. You know, uh, I've obviously been overall in a way I can I, I I can tell that I've been down on Microsoft, but you know it doesn't mean that I don't love Microsoft consoles or or their their games. You know, I'm I'm like I said, I'm most likely gonna buy an Xbox Series X as well. Uh, I'm gonna get a PS Five. I have a gaming PC, and I will always be a lifetime subscriber to Game Pass. Like no doubt, hundred percent. Xbox has. So beyond that, I'm going to be part of the Xbox family no matter what, right? I, I'm just trying to understand what the strategy is for the end of the year with, with the reveal and everything, you know, unless they come out with their price being considerably cheaper to PS5, unless they come out with, you know, something amazing that just differentiates Xbox Series X from PS5 that tells you that, hey, I know the games are coming out on all those consoles, but check this out, you know, look at this. Look at the way the game runs on this. Look at the way this console can do this or that or just something, you know, and something that just gets people in there. Um, you know, I remember re- reading a r- rumor as well. I don't know if it, it will be true or if, if that rumor was just just uh, just not true at all and I just kind of fell for it. But it, there was kind of talks about how uh, the Xbox Series X might let you play your Steam games or your Epic games. And, you know, for me, that was as a, as a PC gamer as well. That was that's such a big selling point. I can totally see myself getting that console because you know sometimes I like playing all my games, like playing games with my surround sound setup and on my TV. And if the Xbox Series X has this ability to be able to download your Steam games, download your Epic Games uh, store onto onto the console, you can play these games straight from your Xbox console. I mean that would be amazing. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know it's, it's features like that. So it doesn't need to be that they need to have. That hey, this is the console uh, with the exclusive you can only get on Xbox, Xbox Series X day one, right? It doesn't need to be like that, you know. It can be features like that that really, really sell people, that really get another another side of this of, of the gaming uh, of, of the gaming fans on there, especially when it comes to you know people people who like PC gaming as well. So I think that could be that could be really really interesting. Everything's going to be heating up. I think in the next month or so, there's obviously been rumors that um, Sony will be announcing a a state of play or something for for february so anything can happen you know we'll we'll see what games are going to be coming up for sony playstation we'll see what games are going to be coming up for xbox series x but i think overall as you can see with me starting this podcast as well it is such a awesome time to be a gamer you know like i always love this time i always love the, t- the transitional time where we are moving from one console to the next one console generation to the next because it's just all these games that will be taking advantage of new hardware all these games that will be coming out to kind of sell you this new new console, uh, you know, this, these, these heated exchanges between Sony and Microsoft, you know, Nintendo just doing its own thing at this point, but Sony and Microsoft are kind of going back and forth. And I, I, I really love it. So I'm pretty excited to see what happens in the, in the next year. And, and yeah, we'll keep discussing this. If anything kind of pops up, uh, we'll, we'll discuss this on, on this show. Uh, and yeah, I think that, that will be it for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll, I'll always try to keep it around the hour mark. Uh, I was pretty fortunate that we hit exactly an hour because I definitely lost track of time at, at, at one point on, 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 on the podcast. But please let me know uh, what you think about, about the show, what you think about uh, just me in general, what I can improve, uh, you know, in terms, even in terms of like the, the audio, stuff like that, if I talk too fast, if I talk too slow. Um, and you know, yeah, I definitely do, uh, you know, do give me some time to kind of adapt to this, to get used to this. This is, like I said, this is my first podcast. You know, I, I haven't done this before. I, I stream on Twitch, but uh, def- this is definitely a different different ball game. 
uh, very different from from how I talk to people on Twitch and stuff. So please bear with me as I get better, and I know I will get better. I will improve in this for sure. And yeah, I'm gonna keep this as a weekly thing. I'll release uh, these episodes on Saturdays, and you can again follow me at Amandaman Games uh, on Instagram. Uh, and Amandaman Games on Twitter, so that's A M double A N T H E M A N Games, uh, at Instagram and Twitter. And I, you can also follow me on twitch.tv slash Amandaman. That's twitch.tv slash A M double A N T H E M A N. I apologize for the. I know it's a very long name, but I'm just kind of going with that for now. Uh, and who knows? I might even change the name of the podcast over time. And yeah, I will. I will definitely get people on the on the show at some point and, and get a few guests on here so thank you everyone for one for for taking out this podcast and yeah please let me know what you think um and uh, i will yeah you can ask me any questions you can send me questions on instagram or twitter and i will have a dedicated email address where you can ask me questions as well so thank you everyone i hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and see you next week bye